In this episode, we speak with Amit Sharma, the CEO and founder of CData Software, which is a leading provider of data access and connectivity solutions. Its mission is to simplify the way its users connect, integrate, and automate their enterprise data. The company is backed by Updata Partners and others and has raised over $160 million. Amit has guided CData Software's rise from startup to a fast-growing and profitable software company, trusted by some of the largest corporations across the globe. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. Amit, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It's a delight to be with you. Would love to kick off with hearing about your journey with CData. I think you were you started there, or maybe the company was founded in 2010. You've grown over the years, and you've recently raised a big, fairly sizable round of capital. So maybe first off, tell us about uh, CData. So first of all, thanks for having me, RJ. It's a pleasure being here. CData started off like most startup trying to do solve another problem that we originally stumbled onto. So I'm going to summarize our journey because it's a long one. We officially incorporated in 2014, not in 2010. Uh, that's when we found good product market fit. Me and my co-founders, we were very interested in solving the problem of data integration. We were looking at integration from an engineer's perspective, spent a lot of time trying to uh, build a platform around integration. That didn't go anywhere. But where the market was going, we very quickly realized that the data was getting more and more fragmented in the market with the evidence of the cloud computing and every entrepreneur being able to service every niche in the market. There were lots of B2B service applications all over the place. So if you imagine going back in the day, there might have been one or two prominent CRM systems or accounting systems. Fast forward to today, there is a CRM and accounting system for every niche you can imagine. So if it's a real estate, there is a specialized CRM system for the real estate industry. That's all happened because of the cloud, because it makes it easier for people to target every niche. But what it does is it makes it hard. It creates this problem of data integration, which originally wasn't that complex because most of the data was inside premises and people could move it around. The way they access it was under their control. That's no longer the case. So while we were working on this integration platform, we quickly stumbled on this problem of connecting systems together and how hard it was. And that was one piece of our integration platform. The platform was much larger, but we found that most of our customers were attracted to this connectivity piece. And so we found a product market fit there. We've been growing 50%, 60% year over year. In the, in the first few years, we grew double digit, 100% growth, triple digit growth for a year of year. And we still are not done. Like what CData specializes in doing, uh, what's unique about us is when we think about the connectivity market is because of our history, we were, instead of going through the controlling everything, we took a standards-based approach to solve this problem. We realized that connectivity is required in many different applications, many different solutions. So we took a standard-based approach so that our products could be coexist with other products in the ecosystem. And that's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. It's uh, really interesting. I saw one of your videos explaining how to connect data between you know, a standard kind of data management system as well as Google Sheets. Yeah. And it occurred to me, you know, we use in one of my companies, we use Google Sheets extensively among, call it 30 or 40 people. 
And yeah. so then getting all that data in one place and in the right manner is very difficult. I guess two questions there. One is, I presume a lot of the companies that are your clients are working in Google Sheets. And then secondly, how do you marry up and make sure that the appropriate columns are getting into the appropriate spots in the data systems? So that's a fairly technical question. So we have 200 plus connectors. Google Sheets is one of them. So we integrate... A 250 plus connectors. So we move data around. You talked about how do you make sure data moves from one place to the right place, there are mapping tools, etc. But when we think about data integration, it's not always data movement. So ETL has always been a classic pattern. Uh, Snowflake, with its success, as you can imagine, as the world is seeing, a lot of data is moving into these large cloud data warehouses. That's one pattern that is very prevalent, and there are ETL tools. We have our own ETL tools. Our partners use our connectors inside their own ETL tools. If uh, you or your audience is not familiar with ETL, it's a very simple term. It, it, it stands for extract, T is for transform, L is for load. So you extract data from one place and you load it in another place so you could do better reporting and other things on it. But when we think about data, we don't think of only that as a problem. Like, yes, of course, you could move data to a single location, which makes it reporting on it and understanding it easier. But we are increasingly finding that customers want to access data live. Uh, the problem with ETL flows is what you just described. Like, how do you make sure this column lands up in the right place? There's a lot of engineering involved to make sure the data flows are correct and everything is correct. So our products actually enable real-time connectivity. So if you are working in, let's say, a visualization application, we don't require you to move the data to a place and then do it. You could just leave it where it is and just work on it from where it is. So I'll take an example of Google Sheets, for instance. Let's say you're using or any Office tool, Google Sheets, Office 365, or any spreadsheet tool you're using. And you want to, uh, you are an analyst who understands how to use those tools. And let's say you're trying to analyze the results of a company where the data is in NetSuite. You're not going to go around trying to tell a bunch of people and say, like, I need to analyze this NetSuite data. Can you create this data warehouse for me? Can you move this data around so I can? That's too long because you might be trying to do something that's exploratory. That's not regular operationalized flow of data. You're trying to explore something. So our tools let you do that. You could take our NetSuite connector, land the data in Office 365 or Google Sheets the way you wanted. You can pick the columns you care about, pick the data elements you care about and work with it as you see fit. So we think of data as, of course, data movement as an important part of it, but we also think real-time is an important part of it. And uh, in fact, our new investment on the cloud service is all around real-time connectivity. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this may be somewhat similar, uh, Zapier, where they have some connectors. Do you compete directly or in some areas? So this market is very interesting. We compete and serve some of the same people. So what Zapier does is what I would call application integration. So what they are trying, attempting to do is if something happens in one application, make something else happen in another. So if you're trying to, let's, a classic example is uh, people have all of their uh, CRM systems where they record all the customer information. So let's say that an invoice is created or some sale happens in the CRM system that needs to be recorded in the accounting system. So some sort of an exchange happens, right? So that's what we would like to think of. And we have a product that solves that. So we run the gamut of data problems. 
the way right way of thinking of it is that's an application integration problem. You're trying to make two applications talk to each other. A data integration problem is I want to see in the back end how much all the data from my accounting system and the CRM system so I can look at the all the historical data and analyze it. I do not know Zapier does that. Like companies do a lot of things, so I don't know, but I think they're more known for the application integration piece that I described rather than the data integration piece. We tilt more towards data integration and less towards application integration, although we do the both both the things. Okay. Okay. Got it. Now switching gears over to building the business. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, first off, how did you make the decision to embark on your own? You know, obviously we have a lot of engineers across the US. I mean, frankly, across the world. And a good portion of them are probably thinking in the back of their heads, oh, I could create a product, I could create a software company. You know, I'm always interested to hear about that moment when you decided to do it and what gave you the confidence that you could succeed. So every founder has their own journey. My journey is very dependent on my co-founders. So I found this group of people that I loved working with. And we were all passionate about building something new and large. And that's what kept us going. So that group was where I found, I'm sure there are a lot of founders that do it on their own and they have the energy and drive to just push on their own. That isn't true for me. Like for me, it was this group of people and we just loved working with each other and solving problems and, and the team that we built around. And that really helped because in the initial years, we went through five or six or seven years without having no product market fixed, right? There's a phase where you don't like, so when you're talking about a young engineer, I, I would say, I would caution them and just say, be careful about the getting to the product market fit. Then it becomes easier, but be prepared to experiment, be prepared to figure out that you really truly have a product market fit and people care about what you're doing. Lead with marketing, make sure you can validate some customers and customer stories that you can repeat easily. So for me, it was that. Like we, I liked the group of people we were working with. And so even though the initial years were tough, we kept going. And eventually, it took a few pivots. We did not. So it wasn't a grand plan of saying, hey, we're going to build a connectivity company. That is not true for us. We said we were a group of engineers. We'll solve hard problems. It's going to be fun doing so. And so let's do this one. And oh, that did not work. Okay, well, this is what we have. These are the assets we have. We're going to redeploy them to do this. And then eventually we found a product market. At least that's my story. And I'm sure everybody's different. And for those initial years, when before you had found the fit, the product market fit, had you raised capital and you were kind of like the team was living off that? A good question. So we, I am an immigrant. Some of my co-founders are also very conservative. We were always very conservative. We wanted, we were very, very lean. And while we were experimenting, we did not spend a lot of capital. We were, to the time, like we were giving part-time while we were working on other full-time jobs and doing part-time this and everything. And we're doing those sorts of things. I was employed in another company and, and this was a side project. But eventually, we found the product market fit. Even through the scaling the company, we were always cash flow positive to this day. So we were profitable all through our journey, even while we were growing. We never, I don't know how it looks like when you're not cash flow positive. So we've always been cash flow positive. Mm -hmm. And how did you sync up with Updata? So a good question, right? So when you are cash flow positive, the good thing that it does for you is you are not beholden to any investment. You're not raising capital because you need capital. You could pick your time, right? So, so we had 
by the time we had grown to a certain scale, we realized that none of us had seen the journey where a company grows from $5 million to $20 million, $30, 50 $100, right? So we wanted, we wanted some partners who had seen that scale. And we started talking to people. And over a period of time, over a period of two or three years, we spoke to about 30 to 50 investors, lots of people. We had all the time in the world to make our choice. There wasn't any rush to do anything. And then eventually, I think uh, stars aligned for, for various reasons. We thought it was the right time. Updata was the right partner for us. Since we had spoken to so many investors, we could contrast on different philosophies and different ways of approaching different personalities, et cetera. And on all of that, we felt very good about Updata, and so we chose them. You know, one of the things we like to do for the benefit of our audience, who, which is comprised of a lot of CEOs, is, is share with them, you know, I certainly met uh, hundreds of investors, interacted with them on, you know, professional and personal basis. What was it that stood out for you? I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of investors were salivating at the fact that you were cash flow positive. You know, like what was it that made you choose Updata? So a few things about Updata. So a lot of investors are very hungry for growth and we were very conservative as I told you and everything. So we wanted an investor that understood the mindset that we we had, that we always want to be like, we want to push for growth. It makes sense. We found that product market fit, time to invest more in the business because we're seeing all the growth that is coming in. But we still wanted to be very careful in how we did that and thoughtful in how we did that. And Updata seemed to be somebody who appreciated that and was looking for that. We also thought that they were operators, that they had run businesses themselves. Both uh, the principals that we are working with on our board, on the Updata board, have been CEOs and companies uh, in their past life and actually run companies and seen those cycles. I think that was a big part of why we chose Updata because they knew. And they also specialize in B2B software and enterprise business. So even though uh, we've spoken to a lot of investors much larger than them, we thought that somebody who's specializing on this part of the market rather than general investment firm that would do lots of things and lots of different types of investments, we felt somebody who understood the business of software, more specifically enterprise software, and uh, understood the dynamics of actually growing while being profitable, etc. They were good on all those metrics. And we try to make the distinction uh, here at GrowthCap between growth investors that are pure allocators, meaning they just simply deploy capital, versus those that do more than that. They try to help. They truly try to help you know, the company scale and whatever unique advantages they have. Have you found that case with Updata? Were there some extra things that they provided where you said, you know, we're getting significant value from having this capital partner? Yeah, absolutely. So they they helped us with few very prominent things. They helped us help accelerate the growth by investing more in the business. It seems something that's easy to do, but when you are actually being very conservative and careful, you have to change the mindset of the organization to actually invest rapidly in the business, part of which was hiring senior level executives. We had not done that before. So trying to find, uh, since the investment, we have added our CFO, our chief product officer, uh, CISO. So the senior level uh, executive leadership, finding the right talent and making sure that they are on the board. We are a software company. Uh, we had not embarked on our cloud journey. So thinking through about like how should we go about adding cloud to our mix of products and how to navigate that. Uh, so they've been very helpful in all of that. 
Fantastic. Well, we're, we're coming up on time. I have a couple of questions that I like to ask at the end of the interview. This veers towards the personal. One is, can you tell us about a book that uh, you've read uh, sometime along the way in your journey or before that has had an impact on you? I'm going to cop out for that question. I'm going to name a book that I enjoy reading a lot, but it sure. doesn't, it's, that doesn't mean much. My favorite book is Sherlock Holmes. And I have read every single story. So that's, I read it very early in my life. I think fifth or sixth grade, I just loved the character. I loved the, but if you want to say, bring something out of it is just the meticulousness of the character and how he thinks through everything was just amazing to me. So that's my favorite book. I love reading science fiction and I'm not going to talk about business books and things like that. Fantastic. Last question is, can you tell us about a leader and this could be a leader across any domain. It can have any type of, you know, influence or expertise. One that you think has, you know, some of the characteristics that, you know, you'd like to emulate in one way or another. Good question. On this, I would pick somebody from our field of work. I'm a big admirer of Satya Nadella. And the reason for that is I've seen how, while we were growing our business, we were Microsoft partners through all those years. And I've seen how how people inside of Microsoft perceived Microsoft, how people outside of Microsoft, partners, vendors, customers, we were all on Microsoft shows all the time. I've done countless Microsoft shows. So I know how that community felt. And just to see the transformation that Microsoft went through since Satya took the hems is was just short of amazing. Like that company had somewhat lost its confidence and step. And it has all turned around. And I, I greatly admire how, how that has all unfolded and how uh, thoughtful and how good Satya's leadership has been. Fantastic. It's actually a somewhat common answer, but I think rightfully so. We have a, another guest who we just had on, it hasn't been released yet, who said, uh, had the same response. But uh, Amit, thank you so much again for taking the time. This has been a, a great chat and I know our audience will find this very insightful. Thanks, RJ. Thank you.